What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Spear Sports Report, part of the Daily Aztec Podcast Network. I'm your host, Luis Lopez, and I'm really looking forward to today's episode because it is our tournament special, the first one. So uh, we're going to talk to sports editor Kyle Betts, Brevin Honda, and Amber Salas, who's actually going to be in Indianapolis this weekend covering the team. So looking forward to her coverage, all our coverage at Diaz Tech Sports. You know, this is an interesting tournament for the Aztecs. Well, for everyone, really. I mean, obviously, you know, you look at all the COVID protocols and see the drastic differences going on. Limited fans all taking place in Indy. But they're either way, they're going to go into Hinkle Fieldhouse and take on 11-seeded Syracuse. So it should be a fun matchup. They're 0-2 all-time in program history versus Syracuse. Obviously, they'll be looking to change that and try and get into the second round. So when we get back, we'll have our guests on and we'll get right into it. So we'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Spear Sports Support Tournament Special. Uh, Joining me now, we have Amber Salas, sports editor Kyle Betts, and Brevin Honda. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Good. Ready for some tournament fun. Yep, it's about time. It's been a couple of years. Literally, literally, it has been a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to talking. Uh, so the first question I'll ask you guys, this Aztec team, they're a sixth seed. They're going to play Syracuse this Friday. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys about that seeding. First off, do you guys feel like six was an appropriate seed? Do you feel like it should have been higher, lower? Your guys' thoughts? Uh, Amber, we'll start with you. I think it was fair based off of kind of how they ended the season coming in to the tournament on a 14 game win streak, obviously winning out in the Mountain West Conference tournament. I think that if there were any losses along the way, then it would be fair to have dropped them lower to around seven or an eight. But I think six is fair. And especially that now in round two, they won't have to face the number one. (laughs) Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think five or six was kind of the sweet spot for the Aztecs because they have some quality wins this season, but they also have a couple losses that kind of stand out. But beyond those, I think what they were able to do to close out the season and cap it all off with the regular season and tournament victories, I think those two really propelled them to getting that 60 in the end. So I I think it is fair, and I I think it's very, very fitting for a team of that caliber. Brevin? Yeah, when you look at that sixth line, you know, not having to play the one or the two seed until at least the the Sweet 16 or even the Elite Eight, you know, it kind of helps this Aztec team, you know, who early on got big wins over a couple of Pac-12 schools and Arizona State, who was ranked at that point, as well as UCLA to start off the year. Um, You know, it really just, you know, like I said, helped kickstart SDSU's resume and the way SDSU schedules um, their non-conference and then you see them transition to their conference schedule and started off a little bit rough but then you see at the end you know to finish off like Amber said the 14 game winning streak and you add that with two two conference championships the regular season and the conference tournament it certainly helped their seeding um, when it was announced on Sunday. Yeah that strong finish definitely helped them get to where they are and now looking at you know this particular matchup that we got they play Syracuse. Like I said earlier, they're going to play them on Friday. Now, the main thing that everybody's been talking about is that 2-3 zone defense. Syracuse has been running it for years. 
So do you guys feel like that's going to pose any potential issues? Obviously against the two, three, you know, you can kind of shoot the ball and that's something that the Aztecs do really well, but do you guys feel like that two, three zone is going to present any challenges? I don't think it will. I think when you have a shooter like Terrell Gomez, for example, who can shoot it for, for as far as he can, practically Steph Curry range for that matter, you know, who can, who's got the green light to shoot the ball, you know, with a high three points percentage uh, score you know it's going to be a big help and then when you think about the inside it's all about you know if you know guys like Nathan Mencho or Joshua Tomaich can get to the high post and distribute um, wherever the ball wants to, wherever the ball get, is going to go. Amber you're actually going to be there on Friday any thoughts on uh, what you'll see in Indy? Yeah I think um, you know the challenge with the two three zone is that we only really see it once in the mountain west with air force playing it and obviously air force was at the bottom of the league so it wasn't necessarily a tough matchup for the aztecs to go up against when they played them this season but i think they're in a good spot and that they have multiple days to prepare for it they're already in indy now obviously studying that zone practicing for that zone and i think what brevin said it's going to be all about Mensa and Tomayek kind of opening up those lanes and um, just good shooters like Shackle, Mitchell, and Terrell Gomez. But I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Kyle, thoughts on the two, three? Yeah, it's a tough scheme to face, uh, most definitely. And I think what's really going to be key is, is the play of Mensa and Tomayek. Um, not only do they have the opportunity to distribute, but they can also put in some work down low. I think that's what's going to be important because we saw against Utah State, Aztecs really weren't able to get the three ball going, but the play of Mets and Tamayach kind of opened that up, and that also might be able to open some shooters, get the mid-range going as well. So I think their play down in the post is what's really going to be important and, and key to setting the tone for the Aztecs offensively. So going from the orange defense to the Aztec defense, one of the things I notice about the Syracuse team is they don't really give the ball up that much, only about 10 turnovers a game. Amber, how big is this Aztec defense going to be in terms of, you know, trying to get that turnover number up for Syracuse? Yeah, I think the defense is going to be key, but really that's been the Aztec strength all season. Um, I think even when they played Utah State, um, Nemus Keda in the um, conference championship, he is someone that rarely turns the ball over too, but the Aztecs were able to get him multiple times. I think he ended up having like three or four turnovers in that championship game. So I think coming off of that is good momentum heading into this game where, like you said, Syracuse is a good team. They defend the ball well. So I think it's going to be all about kind of just being in those right spots to get those second chances for the Aztecs. But like we said, that's the defense has been their strength all season. And, you know, every guy on this team knows how to play defense, even like that's the golden rule here. Even if you can shoot the ball well, you have to be a good defender as well. Brevin, your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty much, you know, the bread and butter of this program. It's, you know, it's what this program relies on. It's their defense, you know, their man-to-man -man defense, you know, being able to press up when, they have to, you know, going back to the Steve Fisher days, it's all been defense and, you know, trying to get those turnovers that'll get you those easy points on the offensive end. Kyle, your thoughts on this Q's defense? Yeah, to be a part of this basketball team, you have to play defense, uh, simply put. And that's why guys like Terrell Gomez and Josh Samayach have come to San Diego State because they've been willing to 
make an adjustment and really focus on another different aspect of their game. So I think defense is always going to be important for this team because when the shooting's not there, the defense is. Um, keying in on Buddy Beheim is going to be important. We know how much of a threat he is, not only from three, but his mid-range as well. He's able to do a lot offensively. So I think that's going to be really important when closing down shots. Now, switching gears a bit, guys, uh, one player in particular I want to talk about was Matt Mitchell. You know, obviously he won the Mountain West Conference, you know, regular season MVP, tournament MVP. This is going to be a big tournament for him. I mean, obviously he's going to be trying to win his team games and his own national championship. But you also think he's he has the NBA draft on the horizon. He joined it momentarily last year, pulled out when he, you know, didn't like what he was seeing in some of those projections. And as, as we all know, if you have a good tournament, it could boost your draft stock. So how big of a tournament is this going to be for Matt Mitchell personally? Kyle, we'll start with you. Well, during the Mountain West tournament, I would say he didn't perform his best. The first game especially, I believe he only had eight points, but – he came in clutch at the free throw line. And when you have a player of that caliber who doesn't have his best night offensively or even defensively, if they're able to step up and at the big moments and make plays to win the game, that's what really matters. So I think that um, while this does have importance for Matt Mitchell, he's not necessarily focused on his draft stock at this point. Um, I think he came here to win a championship and I think that's his goal. I think he's going to do everything he can to help his team win. And obviously he's not the only factor on this team who can make a difference. So I think um, whether if, it, if it's him, if it's Jordan Shackle, even Terrell Gomez, I think he's all in to, to try and get to the final four, no matter what. Amber, what should we expect to see out of Mitchell? Yeah, I think just going off of Kyle, the biggest thing about Mitchell is just how reliable he is and how great of a leader he is on this team. Like Kyle said, in those moments where there's those high pressure, he doesn't crack. He's right there 100% of the way and is someone that the team can rely on. And I think he's someone that's going to be a great leader leading this team through the tournament. He's played there before his freshman year, um, obviously has had a lot of experience in these big games where there's a lot on the line. So, yeah, I think he's just going to be focused on keeping everyone calm, leading them through this whole process. And like you said, it's obviously a big moment for him that, you know, there's a lot of people watching him, but I think, um, you know, he knows that March is an important time and he's ready to step up to the plate. Revan, what do you expect to see? Yeah, you know, with, when you think about Matt Mitchell, the conference player of the year, the tournament MVP you think about you know what senior leadership does for a ball club you know we've seen it in the past we've seen it with Xavier Thames you've seen it with DJ Gay Trey Kell you know even though they were guards and Mitchell's a forward it's still that leadership that he provides to the ball club you know and now we're getting to the point as Amber said we're in March and it's one and done you know this is why players come to San Diego State it's why you know, Tomaich came here. It's why Terrell came here. It's even, you know, even why Lamont Butler came to San Diego State. It's to play in these games, you know, to to go up and hang a banner um, and put up a banner uh, inside Vejas Arena. You know, Brevin, you brought up Lamont Butler. His usage has been interesting this season. He's a freshman, obviously. He's still getting acclimated to, you know, what playing on a D1 program is like. But right off the bat, he's going to be in the big stage here. They've been using him more and more throughout the year. So, uh, Brevin, I'll start with you. What kind of tournament do you think we'll see from Butler yeah it's you know it's the continuation of how good he's been you know coming from a, 
having a good high school career, you know, and that's part of the, the winning that he has, you know, even before he's come to San Diego State. And we've seen what he's doing over the past 10, 12 games, you know, to, you know, be that backup to Trey Pulliam at that guard position, you know, to, and, you know, find his path, um, you know, as he makes his first NCAA tournament run, the same, the same kind of route that Mitchell and Shackle had with their freshman years um, in 2018. Amber? Yeah, I think he's coming in in a good spot just based off of the past few performances he had. Um, he's definitely just evolved and grown so much. I remember in the beginning, just some of those rookie mistakes he was making, like turnovers and things like that, that Dutcher was really working on with him. But I think he's really stepped up and really just grown into his own player, which has been awesome to see. But um, I think the key is just going to be keeping him calm and not letting that pressure get to him. I remember um, talking with Jordan Shackle after one of the last games of the season, and he talked about how his first tournament, he had just no idea what was going on. You know, like it's just that big moment you've always dreamed of, and it's kind of easy to get lost in that headspace. So I think really just, you know, I'm sure Shackle and Mitchell are going to be talking to those guys and leading them through kind of what this is going to be like. So I think that's really going to be key, but I think he's going to step up and just continue to make plays like he has the last few parts of the season. Kyle, how should we expect to see the freshman fair? Yeah, I think Lamont brings a lot of energy off the bench, and I think that's really important. The depth of this Aztecs team has been something I don't think we've seen in quite some time. Um, just seeing him propel and just step up into a role basically halfway through the season it has been great to see for the Aztecs. It's great to have a solid defender like him come off the bench. He's kind of willing to do all the dirty work. I think he's almost averaging a steal a game. And um, just to have him off the bench, provide a change of speed, provide some fresh legs. I think it's really important for this Aztecs team. His offense is still growing. He'll get better. But I think that um, with him seeing more minutes, he can make a significant impact. Now, Kyle, you bring up the depth of this team. They have a lot of talent. And when it's March, you always need that extra guy to step up. You know, you can't rely on your typical stars. You're always going to need that extra manpower. So uh, my question for you guys now is, who on this team is going to be the X factor going forward? Who do the Aztecs need in addition to guys like Shackle and Mitchell to step up and, you know, in order to make it to that final four that we keep bringing up? Uh, Brevin, start with you. Yeah, you know, one thing we've talked about a lot has been defense. And, you know, no one defends harder on this team than Adam Seiko and the way he's able to, you know, defend even if it's their even if it's the opponent's best player. We've seen that numerous times this year. So I think it's gonna be Adam Seiko, especially not necessarily in the stats, but in terms of how well he can defend and you're gonna see that more in the plus minus stats on the far right of a box score. Amber. Kind of going off of that, just with defense, I think when Nathan Mens is on, he makes a really big difference in this team. The kind of the remainder of the season was a little bit of a struggle where we weren't really seeing much production from him. But in that final game in the tournament, um, he was just on fire and it really made a difference. Those dunks that he had that kind of got the energy going and then just what he can do on defense and how he was defending Kata. So I think um, when he's on, he can be a really big factor for this team. Kyle, what do you think? 
I was also going to say Seiko at first, but now kind of thinking about it, I think it's really going to come down to what goes down in the post. I mean, Josh Tomajic coming in from Maryland this season. Last season, we, I mean, we really only saw Agueca Rowe play the five, and that was in the Mount West Conference Tournament. Now the Aztecs have a bigger presence, and Agueca can now play the four instead. And I think having those two on the court at the same time, coming off the bench, providing some depth, I mean, it's going to make a world of difference, I feel, for this Aztecs team. Having, just having those two as, as really a luxury off the bench, Agueca Rowe, he kind of does it all. And Josh Tomajic, I've really seen his offensive game improve, especially the second half of the season. So I expect those two to really um, pay dividends for the Essex. All right, you know, we've talked a lot so far about what's going on on the court, different players who we expect to step up. And while things on the court are going to stay, you know, as normal as possible, there's a lot of stuff off the court that is definitely not normal. This is the first time they've done March Madness in a pandemic. Uh, there's going to be limited capacity fans. There won't be any full houses. So my question to you guys now, you know, what kind of effect do you think that, you know, some of these regulations and, you know, the quarantine protocols and stuff is going to have on the team throughout this tournament? Because obviously, you know, you have guys on this team like Shackle and Mitchell who have, you know, been to the big dance before, but not necessarily in this fashion. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Well, it's definitely a new setting for them and it's a new experience having to quarantine your hotel room after practicing with the team, with team meetings. I mean, it's so limited now and um, in what they're able to do. So I think that it, while it will be challenging, um, they're up for it because they've been doing this all season long. They've had to go through these protocols, testing, everything that's, that's happened along the way to get to this point, they're now undergoing again. So I think that um, while it is a challenge in a sense, I think they're ready for it, and I think it's an expectation that will be handled by them properly, and I think that it won't be too too bad for them in the end because they're there for one goal, and that's to win a national championship. So I think that's where their focus is really at. Amber, again, you'll actually get to be there, so you'll get to see some of these protocols. Uh, how do you think it's going to play an effect? Well, I think the biggest thing is that kind of like Kyle was saying, they've gone through very similar protocols this whole season. This whole year has been a year like no other. But I think the biggest thing is just, this was taken away last year. So at this point, it's like, we'll do whatever we can to be able to play this game. So I think that definitely is a big motivating factor as well. And that, yeah, this isn't an ideal type of situation, but we're here with the chance to play in the NCAA tournament, which is big. And I also think that they're going to have 25% capacity fans. I do think a lot of Aztec fans will be making the trip out, especially just those diehard Aztec fans, um, donors, all of those people that like, this is their first chance to see their team play. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be taking advantage of that. So in a year where they've played literally for no fans, having that 25%, I'm sure is going to be a difference for them and kind of provide that extra little bit of energy they haven't had this season. So I'm interested to see kind of what that environment will be like. Revan, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's all about the mentality that this team has. I think Coach Dutcher, told the team that, you know, the best best team might, might not win this tournament. It's going to be the team that's going to be mentally focused throughout the six games, knowing that you can't go outside your hotel, you know, not going outside, you know, the arena, unless, you know, it's, you know, unless it's necessary or if you're deemed that you're able to. And so it's the mentality that 
you know, this team has for whether it's one game or whether it's for six games. Kyle? Yeah, I think the same thing. It's it's really all comes down to um, handling things the right way. And I think that Dutcher and, and the leaders on this team are going to have them do that. Um, Matt Mitchell has been preaching accountability this whole season, same with Jordan Shackle. And they've been holding it to themselves and their teammates. And they know they have one goal in mind, and that's, that's to win this national championship. And they're going to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, so I really don't think that it'll be too much of a problem with them. Um, as annoying as it is to deal with, um, I think they know that they're there for a reason and they're there to accomplish their goals. All right, now, just kind of wrap things up here. Go ahead and give me your guys' final predictions for where you think this Aztec team can go. Me personally, I feel like they're an Elite Eight team. Uh, Final Four is definitely a possibility. You know, obviously shoot for the stars, but in my opinion, you know, if I, if I had to put money on it, I'd say that Elite Eight is probably where I think they can get to, but... Uh, Amber, why don't we start with you? Where do you think we'll, we'll see this Aztec team? Well, we have the bracket right here. And I have them going to the Elite Eight, playing Illinois, unfortunately losing in that round. But I think that they're going to upset Houston in the Sweet 16 and make it to that Elite Eight. Brevin, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Elite Eight, too. I'm not as, not as bold as... Uh, ESPN writer Brick Weisbrod, who had the Aztecs going to the Final Four, but you know, I think when you know you have an opportunity like this, you know, coming off a year where you you go thirty and two and you have a pretty a pretty good chance to win a national championship last year, heading into March, you know, and you top that off going fifty three and six over the last two seasons up until this point, you know, it's a really good chance and a reason why you know kids come to San Diego State, like I said earlier, you, you know, it's because they know that, you know, they can compete for an NCAA tournament championship. They can go out and win a national championship. Kyle, if Billy Hill was knocking on your door asking for a pick, where do you think we're going to see him end up? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I think realistically, they can get to the Elite Eight. Um, I still have yet to fill up my brackets, by the way. I was going to do that tonight. But I think Sweet 16, I think they will definitely reach the sweet 16. I think they have the talent. I think they have the coaching. I think everything's there. Um, now, of course, anything can happen in March. Uh, so you never know, but I think that um, sweet 16 elite eight is definitely um, a range that, are, that is realistic for them. Maybe even further shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. We'll see what happens. You know, I had to throw that Billy Hill reference in there. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> that is going to do it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, guys, please follow at DS Tech Sports because we're going to give you guys all the coverage of the tournament going on. Hopefully it lasts more than Friday, but you never know. We've said, we've said it before in this show. It's March. Anything can happen. Um, Amber, any final shout outs you want to give? <laughs> Go Aztecs. It's March, baby. It's going to be a fun run. And yeah. Keep tuning in to our social media, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're going to be out there in Indy, so it's going to be fun. We'll be sure to bring you that inside look on everything that's going on. Brevin, any uh, fi final shout-outs you want to give before we head out here? Not really. Just, you know, thanks, Luis, for having me on here on another edition of the Spear Sports Report. Kyle, anything you want to say? <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Luis, for having us. Um, just wanted to give a big thank you to everyone who's followed our coverage along this way. It's definitely been a heck of a ride. Uh, 
a crazy season at the to say the very least but we appreciate you following us and also a shout out to our men's basketball team um they've done an incredible job no stoppages this season um handled things the right way they've had the right mindset um and also thank you to uh, scsu for giving us the opportunity to cover men's basketball in a season like this it's it's really been an honor and it's um definitely will be an incredible story to tell people someday I'll echo exactly what Kyle said. Huge thank you to SDSU. You know, we've been doing everything virtually, but we've been managing to do it. So, you know, I've been really happy with the coverage we put out. Um, huge thank you to everybody following at DS Tech Sports. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Spear Sports Report. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Uh, one final shout out to our guests, Amber, Kyle, Brevin. Thank you guys for coming on today. Always a pleasure talking to you. Friendly reminder that SDSU Syracuse game is going to tip off at 640 on CBS. So be on the lookout for that. And assuming the Aztecs advance, which we hope they do, but it's March. Anything can happen. Uh, we're going to try and get preview episodes out for each game. So if you like what you heard today, be on the lookout for more this weekend. Well, that is going to do it, guys. So once again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.